morning this is your girl jay with with Captain morning sensations oh my p and j all day however we are our guy p is out of commission this morning no worries though no worries at all mm, we have somebody in commission that will be joining us my co-host today will go by the name of anonymous all right mr anonymous or you can call him mr a However, we want to thank you for tuning in and giving us a chance this morning with your attention, your ears to receive a message full if you can receive it. Um, we definitely want to lay this on your minds. Just take it in. Wherever it resonates with you, then cool. Hey, let it flow. But as we awake this morning, I hope that you was able to take a good stretch. Be thankful for opening your eyes and as you look around for everything that you may have. Um, you know, it is a blessing to have everything that you do have, even the smallest things when you're going through the, the craziest storms in the midst of everything in your life. I just want to say that for somebody this morning. All right. <clears throat> so as we dive into this morning, we are going to be talking about how things may appear when you already have, you know, what you need right before you, you know. So come to you to ask you this morning is the grass really greener on the other side is the grass really greener on the other side for you when it comes down to your household your mate that you your life partner that you have chosen or the relationship or commitment that you have chosen to invest in or your friends the people that are around you is the grass really greener on the other side for you to actually just away what you have thinking that you will receive more under pressures and circumstances of life so as we journey through this morning let me ask you when you walk outside and you take a look around your own yard what do you see has your edges hedges been trimmed my apologies has your lawn been cut or do you see the opposite when i say the opposite i mean wild kingdom right (laughs) No need to elaborate on that view at all. And we're not even going to elaborate on that one. We're not going to take it there. But if you turn your head left or right, is your grass even with your neighbors? Like, is it an even cut? Is your grass even the picture-perfect green that you would love to see when you pull up in your driveway or when you walk out into your yard with the water sprinklers on? Is that green the green that you would like to see? You know what? I'd rather not know. But then again, that's our topic, right? But let me tell you, curiosity, which killed the cat, gives us the mind to wonder about the perfection of someone else's craft, what they have put, their energy, their effort, their time, their better judgment of decisions into. See, not even taking a moment to realize if you put the effort into your own craft and make sure that you are designing your own lovely outdoor around you, you know, to embrace what you have actually worked hard for and what you have poured out and what should be given back to you with the image and, you know, with the delight of, I did that. <laughs> the satisfaction of, I did that. No one else did it for me, and no one else can take credit for me. I did that, right? I think that's what we all should want to hear, you know, at the end state. However, again, I'm going to provide a quote 
from Earl Nightingale. If the grass is greener on the other side, it's probably getting better care. Success is a matter of sticking to a set of common sense principles anyone can master. I say that to say this as before we indulge a bit greater into this topic. Anyone can master the success of your relationship, the success of your career, the success of just you. Whatever it is in life that you think may be better on the other side, hey, everything that glitters isn't gold. You heard that one too, right? Work on your craft. Invest in your craft. Because that craft of yours is a reflection also of you. It it shows what you have poured into it. What your consistency look like. You know, the efforts of you. And again, we're going to indulge a little bit further. But before doing so, I do want to introduce my guest, Mr. A, Mr. Anonymous, to come on in with us here in just a moment. And, you know, give a perspective from both male and female side on some of the topics. Mainly, you know, it's going to be aiming towards their career and relationships when we talk about the grass being greener on the other side. Um, But you want to make sure you move your own lawn, right? All right, guys, thank you for listening up with me this morning, and stay tuned, and we are great great and happy, well, happy to have you here, and it's great for me to be able to say that I have you as my listener, and and, um, again, thank you for capping with us this morning. or do you prefer to pay attention to with the loan that you have rights to like your deed and which you pay the mortgage on and your yard to take care of your loan the water um before so me as a woman i'm gonna feedback off of that okay um 
dealing with men, um, we would say that they may see something better, which is another loan. And our loan already has, like you said, patches. And that yard has patches too. But that one appears on the surface to look like it's glimmering. And so, whereas yours may be more, let's just say you have the right tools and the right things to make it grow way but you're more focused on the outcome rather than the time you need to spend for the growth of your own yard if I can put it that way now um as a woman we are guilty of it too so I can't just say it's just males it's females too we may look at our homegirls relationships and not pay attention to her we're gonna put it in the yard perspective of the grass being greener and not look at our own yard and be like that yard got sunflowers. <laughs> and our sunflowers kind of dried up. Ain't getting water like we need to get water. But we still got a sunflower. But it may not be getting the proper treatment that it needs. Right? Right. <laughs> so I feel like females are guilty of it too. But what do you do to grab and let the person that is fertilizing your yard know that, okay, uh, pay, attention, pay attention to me about what's left or what's right. Let's just pay attention to what's in front of you. You know, um, I think the fertilization of your grass starts way before the season turns. Like, you know, the grass is not green in the, in the wintertime or in the fall. Um, but I know that fertilization is needed mm-hmm. even in the fall months so that when the spring comes or the summer comes that your grass will truly be green and it won't just appear to be green. So let's just talk about a, a relationship that wants everybody to think that their grass is so green. You can go out and spray paint your grass to make it look green. Mm. But then when we think about it, spray painting grass is not good for the grass because really the soil, I mean the root of it, it won't last. It'll look pretty for a minute, but then eventually it's going to burn out because it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, it, it doesn't have the right nutrients or it doesn't have the right ingredients in order to make, let's talk about relationship, the relationships grow. So for me, in the, in, in the fall, there's a fertilization period that goes on. That's, that's me and my woman or me and my wife, whatever it is. We, we laying, you know, we, we, we're getting, we're getting to, to, to some intimate stuff. Right. Like things that we have going on in our life that may not be, you know, where we want it to be, but we, we, we're talking about it at least. Because in order for it to be really truly fertilized, we have to expose it. Because if you don't expose it, then it'll just stay like, it'll be like uh, little insects underneath the soil that'll take away the roots of your grass. So um, fertilization is a period that goes on year round. Mm-hmm. But then there's some people that think that you only need to fertilize your grass right before the springtime. But if you wait until that time, believe me when I say this, your grass ain't going to be green. Mm-hmm. It'll just appear to be green to others. But you know that the roots are really I say weed killer. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, weed killer. So today I was going to ask, how should we fertilize our own relationships? Um, based upon if you're going to worry about just your yard and you want to fertilize your yard, I think you already kind of like narrowed it down. It shouldn't just be one time out of the year. You fertilize all the time um, around the year, I would say. Um, people change. I would say in a relationship, we grow at different rates. One flower over here sprouting, the other flower over there. You're like, oh, why that flower ain't growing that, that 
quick. And you put the same thing on the flower. You put the water there, and fertilizer down, and that flower ain't sprouting. And the relationship can do that. Like, one person growing at the rate, the other person ain't growing, right? But you want it to bloom and blossom and look the same in your yard, right? <laughs> it doesn't happen that way all the time. And I feel like that's what happens in relationships. But in order for that to happen, you got to give a little bit more treatment to that one flower that's not blossoming that way, right? You got to pour into it and find out what it needs for it to actually come out of that room, right? Um, <laughs> so I would say in a relationship, to fertilize your own relationship, yeah, the nutrients. What are, what are the nutrients with humans? I would say, um, like when we say, oh, understand your partner, it goes down to a deeper level of understanding your partner. You got to meet them where they are on their level. And meeting them is not your level. Um, it could be communication. It could be spiritually. It could be just because you love a certain way that means your partner loves that way. Or that's what they need in that moment. So you need to actually listen to them to actually reason to know, okay, what is it you need? I'm on the outside looking in, but I can't under, understand your internal. Right? So I need you to communicate that to me because I can't read your mind. Right? Just like that flower. We can't read exactly what that flower needs, but we know it needs something, you know, to grow. So I feel like, and then Mr., let's just say Mr., <laughs> I can't get his name out on a movie that was in the neighborhood, um, in a movie, but, you know, his yard is perfectly nice. But we just moved in the neighborhood. We don't know how long it took for them flowers over there to blossom. You know what I'm saying? We just moved in. And it's like people on, on social media. I am guilty. I will tell anybody today. I'm guilty of being in a relationship where I dressed the relationship up. I made it look and appear as if it was something that wasn't. And that's, that's called fertilizing the bare root, if you want to ask me, honestly. Um, you can dress anything up, but it, it's not what it appears to be. Some people can go buy a plant and just put it down in the yard and you're like, oh, they plants grew beautiful. No, them are fake plants. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> if you want something real and you want it to still produce, you got to put work and effort in and be consistent with the work and effort that you put into your partner. And it's not going to be a one, two, three day uh, result or a three month result. It takes time. Right. A couple things you said about fake plants, like you know, fake plants can give the appearance of being just like a real plant. Right. Uh, if, if, it, if what you're looking for is outward, uh, uh, people praising you from the outside saying, oh, your relationship looks like it's a good relationship. I wish I had your kind of relationship. That's what fake plants can do to you. Right. It's artificial. Right. But if you truly, uh, about you and your relationship, it doesn't. It does matter, but it really is not the heart of your, your your concern about how other people see your relationship. It's a couple of things that you talked about earlier, and I want to say this: uh, finding out what your mate's love language is. You know, what I mean, if you study in your person, like if you study that individual that you with, mm-hmm. you will know what their love language is, and what their love language is. It may be affirmation, like telling you, telling that that person that. Some people just like to receive gifts, and it's not about how much the gift costs. It could be you taking a picture, going to uh, the drugstore, printing that picture out, and putting it in the card, and giving it to that individual. 
That's a love language, right? So studying each other's uh, love language would help to make your grass really green. I mean, not just appear to be green, but it'll actually make your grass greener because you, you're really caring about each other, outserving each other. I'm trying to I'm trying to do more than you do for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That that's taking it to a whole nother level. And when you're doing it like that, like I'm not trying to outserve you in a relationship, the grass gonna always be green. Right. Even in the wintertime. Right. <laughs> and I think that too, I'm glad you relate on love languages because and then shout out to the author that made the book, but people have, and he did say that, people have more than one love language, right? A mate has more than one love language. It could be acts of service, words of affirmation. It could be gifts. Um, it's so many, but if you pay attention, I would say to the main three, you can never go wrong with your mate because those are the most important. And then you, the biggest thing I think for any human is to step outside of, okay, this is what I like and this is what how I love, you got to step into your mate, and that's called being selfless, so, you know what I'm saying, some people are selfish, but, you know, in a relationship, so you got to be selfless, and in a period of time, just stop and say, okay, let me stop thinking about how I would take it, or how I would want this to come to me, let me think about how they would want it, or ask them what they want uh, from me in this moment, you know what I'm saying, and it may sound like, for some of you, people like, oh, that's too much, no, no, it's not too much. You don't know what may happen after you do that with your woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You may you're gonna get a whole lot of fulfillment. Same for a woman. You know, it breaks down some walls too. Like, okay, dog, I don't have to go such for this. I'm receiving this now from my mate. And I felt I find that some people it's a bit out of their comfort zone when they have to step out of, okay, this is what I want in return. You know what I'm saying? And I seen a meme the other day, it was like just because you telling me you love me, you show me you love me the way you love me, don't mean I'm feeling that that's the love that you're giving to me. And I'm not receiving that. Because the reason why they're not receiving that, because that's, that's the way you perceive it, but you're not taking time out to understand or grasp the way they really want to be loved. So for some people, it's simple. So take me as myself. Love for me is basically just, you know, speaking to me, in a tone, understanding me, talking, communication, and doing the simplest things, watching a movie with me, picnic with me, it's not gifts, walking into an art museum, something that I've never experienced before, just spontaneous acts, or it's not, oh, let me go buy you this, that's not done, do it, so you gotta understand the person you're with, and, you know, you hear me and makeup stuff like, oh, you're a gold digger, no, it's not gold digger, it's <laughs> step out your comfort zone, cooking a meal, you know what I'm saying, it would turn me on, that's when I'm like, oh, he really took time and effort to make me a meal, I could do this for him, but how often do you get a lot of men that just want to go in the kitchen and cook a meal for you, and you sit there and watch them and have communication with them, you know what I'm saying, so for me, that's that's love, that's stepping out of your comfort zone, but everybody is different in the world, and who knows how it is for a man, right, what everybody perceives it differently, so I would just say, being selfless, how you water your foundation. That's just some of the things, I guess, from a woman's standpoint, and you gave a man's standpoint. So I would say, if you step out the fence, do you create more damage for your own self and your home? The one that you own the title and deed to? If you feel like you, if you step out the fence, and what was the woman name on Friday? Miss um, Parker. Miss <laughs> Parker over there spraying her lawn. And you see Miss Parker. 
is that doing more damage even though you own the title and deed to your home just want to go over there and sprinkle flowers with her too or yeah well actually i think that you can learn from stepping outside because I think it's actually, I mean, just talking as a real man, stepping outside your fence can sometimes make you realize what you have inside your fence. Because if you've never stepped out of your fence, maybe you don't know that what you have inside your fence was everything that you need. Um, and I hate to say that it took you stepping out to find out what you already had inside your gate was much better than what was outside of your gate. something called agape love. Okay. And people always talking about I love you and I, I really feel like love is an action word. You don't have to tell me all the time that you love me. You can show me. Mm-hmm. And I think showing me that you love me weighs more than you telling me that you love me. Because you can tell me all day but if I don't feel like you treat me like I'm, I'm loved then that's not love to me. And that agape love is actually the love that unconditionally through all your flaws, mm-hmm. all the through all your hiccups and your hurts and your choose to love you regardless of that and that's a tough love that's a love that only few people are able to uh, experience experience because of the fact that we selfish people and and you may not want to admit it men and women we are all selfish but it's the person that wants to give up if you can find a person that's willing to give up a little bit of self to make the relationship uh, stronger to make the grass greener that's when you truly have a now you know I'm finna gun for you, right? <laughs> I am selfless. I'm not selfish. Would <laughs> you say that you're? Would you say that you're uh, part of the few? Because this, I mean, it's rare, it's and rare. Okay. I, I feel like I'm selfless because um, if we think about it, um, I can put, let's let's talk on the I'm gonna talk on the surface of it. Loving somebody through their flaws, what that looks like. I look at people as everybody make mistakes, but not with humans. I just did this podcast last night. I don't know if you tuned in yet or not, but I'm going to tell you. For me, I am um, older now. I'm not going to put my age out here. I'm older now. Loving from 13 to this this day now, we're going into the month of April. If we want to be biblical, this is the month that we're going into that God was resurrected on the cross. I'm going to put this, I put this in my podcast last night. I'm going to repeat it again, guys, and I do apologize. God was re- resurrected on the cross in this month. We celebrate Easter, but Easter is for resurrection. Now, the real defining meaning of Christ being on the cross, right? God died for our sins. What are sins? things are to be forgiven for right not everybody can forgive we are humans are caught up on judgment like and that's what they passed on christ they passed judgment they passed fault they betrayed everything was thrown at him he was also pierced on that cross he was crucified before people everybody denied him saying he wasn't the son of god or whatever so in that moment he was reborn again to have eternal life but what I take from that moment is every time I go through a heartbreak, every time I go through something dark in a moment that is punctured by love, I ask myself this way. I said, why do I have to keep going through this every time I love somebody and I give them the pure, genuine part of me? I have to then look at, okay, you said you wanted to be like God. You want to love like God. You want to be pure like God. God loves unconditionally. See, see, some humans love with conditions. 
right? They're conditioned to love, like, okay, you do this, then I'm out, or I don't agree with that, and I'm out. I don't think that should be the thing <laughs> when you love anybody, if you genu- if you genuinely love. Because God forgives us in the moment, right in the moment. You know what I'm saying? You could be, not saying that I agree with serial killers or whoever, you don't know their path when they bow down on their knees and say, hey, God, forgive me, I repent for what I have done. You don't know if it's washed away or not. That's something we don't know. But he died for that on the cross, right? And we don't know about every prisoner in jail that has been convicted, if they are guilty of that or not. But that's a judgment passed by who? Mankind, right? Okay. So in that moment, me loving whomever, I say to myself, I'm in a period of resurrection where I can go into a dark place and be like, I don't want to do this no more. I don't want to love no more. I don't want to give no more. But in the same time, I can't charge the next person for this person's mistakes and mishap because I have to be mature and understand that they have not came to the place of where I'm meant to love unconditionally just yet. Or will they ever get there? And when I say will they ever get there, it's because do they have forgiveness in their heart for the things that happen to them and carrying it along in their future? See, God don't carry our troubles, what we commit every day that we know in private, along for us. He said right in that moment, we said, God, please forgive me. He has forgiven you and he washed it away, right? So me as a human, when I love, <laughs> I say, okay, in my mind, I say, this person is human. I got flaws too. And they may be the same flaws you got. But I'm overlooking you because I understand I've been there and I want to be able to help you understand this. Maybe you can't fight this. And it's just like somebody that's on drugs. They may can't fight a de- their addiction. They may not be aware of their addiction. When you got to become aware of something, it's hard. You fight against it and you have to first acknowledge it to take the steps, right? Everybody's not willing to acknowledge their wrongs and what they do to others. Do that prevent you from loving them, those people? It shouldn't. You shouldn't harden your heart. You know what I'm saying? Because the God, God says a fool does not know. He does not know what he's doing. And you should pray for that person. And, and pray for better for them. Even if you're not with them, you should want better for them. So that's how I look at love when I love anybody. So that's why I say I am a selfless, <laughs> a selfless person. You're right. Everybody is not going to be that way. <laughs> And I carry that with me. And I think that's why sometimes, like, I'm so mad and I'm abused with it. Sometimes I have to, even when I'm in my shell and I'm going through the whole moment, it's like, whew, take a moment and think about it. We're all human. And you was once that person, too. But how did you challenge it? How did you get through it? I want to be better. I want to grow. And you're just like me, but I'm not staying stuck in that place. Some people are okay with staying stuck in that place. They may get comfort. They may get pity. PD is not always good. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to pick them up and like, and some people play the blame game. That's what I mean by pity. And they may say, oh, so-and-so did something to me and somebody don't know the other story. It's your environment or what you're around. But when you really want to grow, you will get in the shell by yourself and take accountability and you start doing self-reflections and everything. Like, why does this keep happening to me? Why is this always my outcome? Right? So, that's like a yard, though. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I keep cutting this grass. It keep coming up. The weeds keep coming. What am I doing wrong? I'm going to call John out of blocks and cut my grass. Well, I got to pay this man. I can do it myself. I got all the equipment he got. You got to think about that. So what are you not doing right? Having the equipment, but knowing how to apply it. Right. <laughs> right. But some people are stubborn, and they don't want to do it. <laughs> and 
they don't want to do the work and they don't want to be consistent and they don't want to get the knowledge so and that's how I feel about love that's how I feel about relationships and don't, that's why I said don't leave your partner your partner behind you want to actually be in that moment with them and you want to get down on their level and I, you know I'm going to be honest with you before we go through the next question real quick I met this man a long time ago and I did not believe him he said me and my wife split because I outgrew her and I used to think that was a joke like, man, ain't nobody leaving they mate because they outgrew each other. I was young. But now where I'm at, I understand it because you can leave somebody because you have outgrew their mentality or where they're at. But to say the least, was it fair for him to to leave her? Because now I look, you know, we still cool to some degree. I look at like, you trouble. You know what I'm saying? You going through all kinds of chaos. And now she done blossomed. <laughs> and she done moved on and got a better life with another man. I mean, that's what it appears to be, but... She's flourishing and she looks happy. They've been together now since you left her. So it's like, what could have been different in y'all relationship? Maybe y'all should have sat down and somebody should have met somebody on their level to understand what was stagnant and what could have been uprooted so that y'all could grow. The communication should have been there. Not the, See, some people communicate to already form a response or to be like, I know this, I know that. But I feel like when you communicate with your partner, it should be, to actually actively listen to reason to actually understand where you're going if y'all disagree okay that's your way of thinking take it in acknowledge what i said ponder on it see if this is gonna fit in your equation or not it may not but it may come i look at it as a gem if you possess to me some information today and i say well that ain't gonna work for me right now don't think that i have forgot what you said it's put in a compartment, like you told me earlier. It's put in a compartment. And in that compartment, when something comes up, it's like, oh, I remember this. Okay, now is the time to use this. I need to apply this. You know what I'm saying? But not everybody can do that. <laughs> so I would say that's what people really need to do in relationships. Don't fight your partner. And then, real quick, because I know you're like, what in the world? Uh, constructive criticism. We talked about this too. Constructive criticism. It's hard for people in relationships to take constructive criticism. That's correct. Because they think you're trying to tell them what to do, or you're trying to attack their character or who they are, or say what they bring to the table may not be right, right, or wrong, and you're trying to take away from them. But in actuality, you're trying to help them grow or see themselves in the mirror. Where, Because when somebody loves you, they want you to be the better version of, it, of yourself. And at times, you fighting against the person that is looking at what they want the best out of you. Like, they want the best version out of you. But you're too not stubborn. <laughs> and I think we said pride and ego will hold you back from a lot of things. Where you like, you should be like, okay. Okay, I hear you out. I, I'll take it in. But instead you want to be like, hey, me. I don't want to hear that. That's not right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can I interject for me? Go ahead and interject. <laughs> I want to tell you something about a man. I want you to understand that the way that the messenger is delivered, the message has a big part of how you receive what you're saying. I got a piece that's called your lips, your tongue, your tone, and a body muscles that don't tear me down. So when I say that, uh, the same lips, right, that, that we kiss, the same tone that you use when you're telling me you love me, and the same tongue that can sing to me and serenade like Luther, and the same tongue that can tear me apart. So when you're talking to me as 
finally my sister. Don't tear me down. <laughs> I use that because the same tongue that can, again, saying can be like a, can be like a, a the words can tear down a forest of trees like it, like it's never been there. So, you know your man, know, know his, know his uh, love language, okay. know how to talk to him. And I know you might think, well, that's a punk ass, punk, excuse me, that's a, no, punk, you. <laughs> that's a punk dude, I gotta talk to him like a little kid. No, it's not like talking to him like a little kid. It's talking to him where he can receive what you're saying and not take offense to Right, on his level. I believe in the delivery of the message and like your tone of the message and how you deliver right. your delivery. Um, everybody don't know about the delivery of speech and communication to your partner. Um, that's why I said some people can form it as an attack if you do it the wrong way or you come at it in the wrong way or you're trying, to, you're trying to be bossy and tell them what to do. Like, I don't need another mother. I don't need another father. So it's the way that you deliver the message and the tone in which you deliver the message to your mate. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's, that's I feel like that's another reason why some kids don't listen too. Like, you are their parent, but it's like, wait a minute. Like, authority. You're trying to have authority and control when that's not how you need to talk to me, especially in a relationship. You need to talk to me on a manner where, like, okay, we would just peaches the cream on you. Like, hey, baby. Okay, well, in this moment, say, okay, baby, I understand. This is what's going on. You know, just, just put that in a loving encouraging and uh, a passionate way that okay okay I can I can understand this and I'm gonna ponder on it. I try my hardest with it. I ain't gonna sit here like But you know how Jesus Jesus would talk in parables. Right. He would not really talk directly to a person. He would give you stories and in that story you would see yourself or you would see something that you've done that would teach you about what he's trying to teach you. So as smooth as he was, that that that's how he did things. He didn't he didn't straight up beat you up. Now he he could he had the power to do that, but he talked in parables and stories. So if you want your man to understand something that you need him to do, how about say it in the storyline? Guess what, honey? I met this I met this, this this lady and she was telling me that her husband did A B C and D. Now he's not knowing that you're talking directly to about him. Yeah, right put in the storyline but he can see himself in there and it doesn't hurt as hard you know what I mean to, for him to receive it it wouldn't yeah it wouldn't hit him as hard as if you come at him, at him directly and he's known he's wrong because it's hard for a man to come out and say you know what baby I'm wrong it takes a little maturity I'm not even gonna say a number it's not an age thing it's a maturity thing it's about being transparent to your mate mm. the big I've never been taught I should open the door for my woman. Right. But I see that that's what you want because I love you. I want to make you happy. And if open the door, it's going to make our relationship better. Guess what, baby? Don't get into the car till I open the door. I experienced that yet. <laughs> the transparency part is the hard part for a lot of people, though. <laughs> Being transparent is very hard for some people. Not me, but some people it is. Um, and just to piggyback, because I was going to ask you, you said share some stories. Now, I'm a, because we got we got like one more question. But before we get to the question, I was gonna ask you when you share stories with let's just say me as a woman, and you want your because everybody can't learn. I sometimes feel like a blueprint is don't tell a a, a new lover how an ex lover treated you because there's a blueprint to trouble, right? 
but in the same token, you be wanting to tell them so they know not how, know not what to do, you know, to mess up the relationship or who you are and what not to bring, like, don't bring this back to this pain into this relationship. Now, when you telling your stories about your ex or whatever to your mate, I take that as a guy, like, okay, I went through blase, blase, and this is what happened. Just to give a reference as to, you don't need to do this because I'm starting to see that you're doing this. But what if it still appears? Like, I feel like that's a, that's not a storyline, but how how does a man perceive that? It's almost like you bring your last relationship into this relationship. And I, I know you're saying that I'm, I'm starting to show the same characteristics of maybe your past relationship. But then I always like to, to use this. What's the common denominator in all this? <laughs> Me, right? That's right. <laughs> what so you were saying. It's something that I'm doing personally that's making uh, my mates see me like this. It's almost like a self uh evaluation and it's tough for people to do that Mm -hmm. but if there's something that males keep doing in your life and you're trying to figure out why maybe it's because of something that you're doing and sometimes you may be handling your men too much maybe you don't allow them to step up and do what they need to do because you're doing too much Mm. I don't know what the situation may be but I'm just just giving you some examples right because I heard you earlier say a man gonna do what you allow them to do right so you set your boundaries, right? You have to know your worth. I'm saying this, and it's coming from my heart. Um, if we already got the cow, yeah, well, I know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> I mean, Why about it? Maybe we can get it for free, right? right. So make it a little more. Make make it make it make it something that's make it something that's worth me. Chase, if you understand what I'm saying. Right. If you want me to value you, then show me why I should value you. Because maybe I haven't been taught to value, you know, a special jewel. Some people just have, you know, you, you, you don't know. And you can't fault a person for what they don't know. And I don't care what age they are. Right. So common sense, and I hate, I don't hate, but I dislike when people say, well, that's common sense. It's common to you, but it may not be common in the house that's next door to you. Right. That's what's about the, the other yard over there across that fence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was going to ask this. How often does the grass look greener on social media? And is it worth jeopardizing your own lawn when you see a greener, a greener lawn on social media? Let's just say we got, um, uh, we got, uh, Pam and John on social media. They look like Beyonce and Jay-Z. And Pam a bad thing. John may got the money and the boat and the yacht and everything. So females after John and men after Pam. <laughs> I'm just saying. And how often does that grass look green when we see it, you know, in the public eye with people we know that are, you know, this is like married couples around us that's trying to live like John and Pam. And we seeing what they got. And they're not talking about their problems, let's say, so to speak. But you know when you're going to hang out with them, you're seeing some little cracks right there in crevices. And, you know, you can try that if you want to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a little access there. Um, Do you jeopardize that based upon the fact that you're like, uh, if I get with Pam, I know Pam got blase, blase, 
this feel of her career. She got a little money to spend. My wife ain't doing this at home. Or me say me as a woman. I see John. John got the boat. John opening the doors. John doing all this with his woman. I'm like, mm, I need me and John. <laughs> so, um, do you think social media plays a big factor now in a lot of marriages, even the ones that's been here that twenty plus years as as, as a result of all that's it, and just the new ones that starting now, or how you feel about it? I think it's a facade. Like, I think Facebook people try to put out the good times, and they don't show you the struggles. Right. So. If you're not strong in where you are in your relationship or within yourself, Facebook will make you feel like you're garbage because all you see is positive stuff most of the time. You know, you just see you know trips and and, and cars and homes and you know people smiling. I mean, some of that is probably you know some of that may be true, but there's always something behind the scenes like something. You know, and it doesn't always have to be negative, but understand that they probably didn't just get there, you know, through Facebook today. The struggles that they got, they went through to get to where they're at now is is not represented in the pictures that you see on Facebook. And I think that's how folks get into depression and anxiety mm-hmm. because of what they see uh, or what they think other people's lives look like uh, through Facebook. I think I heard someone say, follow, follow people home, follow them to the crib. Facebook, it, it wouldn't look like it looks on Facebook. Mm. Because you got cat, I mean, you got folks, you know, they riding on, they, they, they ride the new ride, they buying the Bentleys and the Benzes and the BMWs, but then they going home to a trailer. Not that something's wrong with a trailer, but if your car costs, costs more you than your home, right. then come on, for real, for real, you flexing on Facebook like you got it like that. But for real, for real, you're spending more money on the car that you're driving than the home that you live in. So what kind of message is that sending out to really the people? So, you know, don't get caught up in what you see because sometimes what you see ain't always what it is. The grass ain't so always greener green, on the right? other side. Then you see the meme that they talking about depends on how you water it. Come on, man. They water it with the image. That's how I look at it. You water it by what you put out, by words and what you tell in the streets. But in actuality, the grass is the grass. Like, in your lawn, what you have access to, what you have rights to. And if, like you said, if you putting up in the driveway in the trailer, I ain't knocking nobody that's in the trailer or whatever. But your priorities, I feel like, if your home come first and your home matter, you should have a bigger home for your family. That car, you know what I'm saying? That car can go out here just as well as the house, but the house stands on a solid foundation. But the car gonna go out here, it can get hit tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? You still paying a loan on that. You know what I'm saying? Which which one is perfect? The, the kids have to stay in the house. The family has to be in the house with something to roof over their head. And in the end state, when we say social media, I'm just going to give you this building up. Now, thank you for bringing that to the attention. You said follow somebody home. I had a relative ask me, you know, dog, you know, we both was going through it at the same time. This is a family member that was really close to me. We both was going through some stuff. Um, but, and it's some homegirl. And we all married. And it's like, dog, we in these marriages, you know, you see the, you know, the groups with the big fancy dress. I didn't have no big fancy wedding or nothing, and, you know. So it's like, now they have these big old weddings, and you count, and I'm like, one, two, they gonna get divorced soon, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, 
you know, people are not, they get married for, I would say, what they call it, the ideal, not more say the commitment of the vows and what you have to put into a marriage. When we talk about the grass, the grass with all you got to pour into your lawn, everything that you have rights to and what you own to flourish. So, I would go ahead and stand up because I'm real and raw. In my marriage, I would say that, um, I, he probably did too, but you can get married and y'all come from two different backgrounds and your foundation still cannot be a solid foundation. The reason why is because, again, like I said, two different backgrounds and two different reasons for why you got married. Some people get married, like I got married for what I was taught. I was taught biblically-wise, okay, a man leaves, the woman is his helpmate, and the man leaves and the woman is tell, and she's in charge of the kids, but knowledge comes from him and God. Now, my man, when I was married, he said he got married to Bill. I had to really think about what what's your terminology bill? He think about money. You know, finance, income, we blossom, we have this. You know what I'm saying? That's two different logical reasons based upon a marriage. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think enough couples sit down and think about why did they get married. Um, I wanted to grow. And then I have a friend that brought to my attention. You ever seen two people that was broke? Let's just say they stay in a project house. And they got married, and they've been married for 35 plus years. And you see this big happy marriage, and they married in five years. You ever seen that? Because they're happy with love alone and being with each other. And they know that, okay, if we put our money together and our heads together, shoot, we're going to take good time. They were happy. You know what I'm saying? They went through some struggles, but they were happy. Versus a couple that's doing it. Let's just say when all the money vanished, you had this big wedding, y'all both got these two incomes. And I've seen my parents go from having something, not having something. Let's just say all the incomes are gone. Do y'all really like each other? Do y'all really love each other? What's there? Is it the image, the idea? What did you do it for? You know what I'm saying? So you start taking away those things about what you build your house and your foundation and your loan and everything gone. I did that to to some degree. That's not what I intentionally went, went for with my marriage, but when I look at it now, it's just like, you got two brawling cats that can't even sit in the house together. We calling at each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, the people were like, oh, y'all hate each other? No, we cool as friends, but we're not the type of friends that should collide under the same roof. You know, we be, we be, we're better as business partners, but not as a, a unit, to move as a unit, as a force. So then you ask yourself, I dress that relationship up on Facebook. You know what hurts me the most? People come and say, oh my God, y'all have the perfect marriage. And I'm like, no, no, we don't. I don't want you. And me being real, I don't want you to think that. I want you to know that I dressed that up. I made it appear to look like it was something when it wasn't because I was ashamed. You can be ashamed. I was ashamed in the marriage that this is my first marriage and this is, this is not working. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Let me dress it up for the world and make them think this is, this is so going fine. Question. Is it for the world to see if you're going through? No. Do they, do, do, do they need to see that things are messed up? I mean, I'm, I got it. And I'm, I guess I'm, I'm thinking on the other side. I'm being a devil's advocate. No, no, don't be a devil. This is, I want you to do that because you know why? I feel like it needs to be more of that. The truth needs to be revealed. Oh, that on social media. I want to say like raw raw like oh how bad it actually gets but the controversy is there but it needs to be a solution how do you positively work through that 
You know what I'm saying? So what I said, what I, what I hear for me, it would be like through educating people. Like I don't have to put all my dirty laundry on me, but I can say, you know, like we got married young, and these are some of the things that was a challenge to us. Right. And some things we got over, some things we didn't. And you can look back in retrospect and say, you know, I know that I was a selfish individual. I was about trying to make that money. And then my mate was, you know, she loved me unconditionally. It wasn't about the money. Right. But we were in two different places. And then once I realized that it wasn't about the money for her, I was too far gone. I was chasing. Right. So, you know, we can use social media as a positive way to educate people. Like, we don't have to flex in front like we all that. Because really, there's no perfect relationship. It's just people that, two people that come together and they try their hardest to make it work, to make it work. And last. That's and then another thing that's like parenting too, there's no, there's no perfect parent. And then I look at, like, let's look at the rappers as superstars. Their life ain't perfect neither, but these people would, they would think that it's perfect because of what they put out. Like, oh, they got these bowls and they got this or they got that. And I feel, I'm going to be honest with you, as a, I don't never want to be a celebrity. You know, I'm writing these books, but I don't. And people don't get peace of mind. They don't get their privacy. And what I mean by their privacy is because they have a life just like you and I. And when their relationships fail, they take a, me- a mega hit. Our lives take some hit too, but we get to hide in our bedrooms and privacy. Nobody following us around. So that's hard for them. You know what I'm saying? That's a struggle by itself. And then you wonder why, okay, why this person react this way? You don't know the pressures. You already, when you go, let's think about when you go through a breakup, you go through some hard in your life, you lose a job, and that may have been your whole income to take care of your house. You can go get in a box in a hole, and nobody don't know you, don't know really what's going on. But think about when your life is in everybody's eye you know what i'm saying that's hard and i mean humans don't think about how hard we make that's why i talk about judgment and i and i talk about the resurrection even in any relationship that is with your brother sister whoever nobody knows the personal battles you fight in your home by yourself when you're by yourself with your mate or whatever but yet people want to pass judgment you cannot pass judgment on the things that you cannot see internally the external sees what it want to see, but you can't see the internal was really displayed inside that setting. Right? So, if you want to come to anybody in any relationship form, you need to ask them. And you need to respect what they give to you. You can't take away their experience of what's going on in their mind and what they're channeling and how it is for them. Meet them on that level. A couple things I want to say before. You already um, ended. Yeah. Um, too much is given, much Too much is given, much is required. So, if you're going to be, you know, in in the uh, limelight, understand the the stuff that comes with it. The other part of that is that I I, I think that if we can't handle where we at, I don't think that he's going to grab us. We have to show him that we are able to manage what he's already given us in the relationship or, you know, even with the grass. I'm not going to give you more green grass until you understand that the grass that I've given you, you need to maintain that grass. Right. Stay consistent with it. Right. When you go start doing somebody else's yard or looking at somebody else, make sure you maintain your yard. Right? Make sure you're doing everything that you're supposed to do to make your grass be the best grass. And, 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 and sometimes your grass may not turn green, but it's healthy. It may not be as green as the person over there because they spray paint they enjoy. You put the work in. Yours is healthy. Theirs just look green. Okay, they spray paint. That's what I was going to say. Now, that's the only other part we didn't get to was 
Some people are bad in their yard. <laughs> they are bad in theirs because they want to go enjoy somebody else's yard and sit out on their patio and they dig and drink lemonade. And, you know, now the facts of abandoning your yard is what? When you leave your home, your property, you abandon, you catch all kinds of what? Fines, fees, especially if you live somewhere with an HOA and bill. <laughs> you gonna get fines, fees, shoot. It may be some more stuff to come behind it and you have to do extra work to try to get back to the surface of where you was at. Some people don't want to put in the work, let's be honest. In a relationship, you be in Fuck, oh, oh, <laughs> you done messed up <laughs> with your partner. And it feel like it's too much coming at you. Like, oh, I don't want to hear this today. You still on that? You still coming at me with this? Because I ain't fix this. I ain't fix it. Oh, oh, I changed. And they don't want to believe you changed. You know what I'm saying? But you got to stay consistent. You got to put in the work. I got you. Let me, let me give you a promise. <laughs> I got a neighbor that gets new, gets new uh, turf. He doesn't maintain it. So instead of just saying, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with the, the lawn that I have, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna pay this money to make my lawn look better than everybody else. Yeah, so for two years, for two years, you understand, it's it's up, but because he's not maintaining it, it get it ends up going dead again, just like everybody else. We just not spending the money that he's spending. Right. And the money could be time. He just says, I'm just going to get new lawn every two years. And he cool with that. But really, how good is the roots? Right? It appears to be like it's got it going on, but really... No, roots is pretty bad if they keep going out. And, go and it's going to start getting worse than two years. And it's costing them. And it's, let's just say it's costing more than money. Right? Because inside the house, man, it's hollow walls. You understand? Mm. It's furniture in the house, but the house is not a home. Yeah, I, I got you on that one. Yeah, that one was deep. <laughs> yeah, some people do that. I, I actually seen somebody I know tell me, like, they had to get to a point in their life. I'll be honest with you, I know somebody, real person, had to get to a point in their life. And I brought it to their attention. I was like, everybody you cheating on your wife with is basically like your wife to some degree. And they sat and they thought about it for two months. They were like, sure, Liz. So you gonna leave your wife for this extra headache when you got a little headache? You know what I'm saying? It's small. It's like a little hiccup that you can try to tweak and work it out with. You know what I'm saying? People don't pay attention to that. You go out here and you be with somebody else, and it's gonna be probably a little bit worse than what you got going on at home. Nothing is ever gonna be designed to be perfect. So I feel like you. You ever heard saying you pick and choose your battles? With anything in life, you really do. The decisions you make is up to you. So I say that m- women and men, when you go out here and you be like, I'm, di- I'm guilty of it too. But I'm going to be honest with you. I did this before. Even in my marriage, I did it. I was like, oh my God. I could stay home for this. Ain't nobody finna pick me through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody finna pick me through what I already just been through 10 times worse. You know what I'm saying? I could stay in this for that. You know what I'm saying? I done been through that. And don't nobody want to experience that because you're like, I can try to fix this over here. It might be rough, but damn, I'm going to fix this. <laughs> so, I want to thank you. Got any other words before you ready to close it out?
Yeah, I always leave with the words of saying, and thank you too, Mr. A. I always leave the words of saying that this message is for everybody to hear, but it is not only for everybody, it's for somebody. Um, just like in the con- congregation of people, we may not reach many and all, but we're going to make reach someone in the crowd, okay? And we want to thank y'all for listening in. Thank you for Captain P and Shay Sensations. Even though P is not here, I want to thank Mr. Anonymous for joining in. And y'all stay safe out. And again, we appreciate your time and your ears for listening.